Welcome to the Oklahoma Energy Podcast, where industry experts and top thinkers deconstruct the cutting-edge issues facing legal and energy professionals today. Find us online at oklahomaenergypodcast.com. Our podcast today is sponsored by Casa Land and Imaging Services, premier provider of courthouse document imaging services. You can start running title today. Casa Land and Imaging Services makes that possible by using the best technology and keeping our clients' priorities in mind. Gazo Land and Imaging Services is committed to exceeding your needs. We are in the courthouse, so you don't have to be. You can reach Gazo Land and Imaging Services at 405-401-3590. Or you can also reach them at casoimaging.com. C-A-S-S-O-I-M-A-G-I-N-G.com. This was a great episode of the Oklahoma Energy Podcast. We had on Steve Long and Mike McConnell. It was a great discussion, and uh, it was a lot of fun being in Houston and being at the center of a lot of great industry things. Uh, We'd like to give a shout-out to OU Jimbo 19, who gave us a great review on the App Store and said, super informative, and you can tell the students are incredibly passionate. Keep up the good work. Thanks, OU Jimbo. Uh, We will. Jimbo. Jimbo. Five-star review. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Oklahoma Energy Podcast. We are coming to you from NAEP in the Dealmaker Center. Uh, As always, my name is Brandon Lant and I'm your host, joined by my co-host, Dan Ray. Hello. Daniel Tavera. Hello. And Professor Dancy. Can't forget our great and powerful producer, Ryan Dobbs, as well. We're very lucky to be joined today by not just one, but two executive directors of the Robert M. Zinke OU Energy Management Program. Thank you guys very much for coming on. You bet. Great to be here. So we wanted to thank you guys for inviting us to the um, event last night, the reception, and I want to ask the question that I think is on everybody's mind after that. Where did Bob Zinke learn to whistle that loudly? (laughs) (laughs) When you have... 300 plus alums in a venue and the dean wants to talk you have to have a good whistler absolutely that's my first tip to you in your new gig well it's a, and, it, it, and it's we never and it's also bob zinke so bob <laughs> yeah. can do what bob yeah. can yeah, do we'll, right. we'll have bob do that we will res- we'll reserve that skill <laughs> and how did you guys get linked up with bob in the first place That actually happened before I came. So I I left Houston in 2006 and came to the University of Oklahoma, and Mr. Zinke endowed the program with his generous financial contribution in the summer of 2006. So it was, you know, probably about three or four months before I got there. Okay. I've known known him for a long, long time in the industry. He's obviously extremely successful. He's just an amazing guy. And so we've just kind of become friends over the years, and so it's it was fun. I, I before taking this this new role, I really needed to talk with him and see, you know, what his vision was, and was I the kind of person he wanted? Because you want to compliment him. Absolutely. I mean, his dedication and love for this program is just stunning. I did not know him, and when I interviewed with President Boren in the fall of 2006. Uh, Bob was in President Boren's office, and I got in my car and drove back to Houston, and Bob called me, you know, on Bluetooth in my car, and I think we slash he talked from Dallas to Conroe. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) 
So kind of piggybacking off of that, um, what are your backgrounds? And I guess we'll start with Steve. Uh, how did you get into the energy industry and, and how did you become interested in OU in the first place? Uh, well, a couple of things. My father was a landman with Shell Oil Company before he went independent. And, uh, you know, we, my, my little sister and I grew up with this. Uh, both my grand, sets of grandparents, my uncles were in the business as well. And uh, we, again, with a big company like Shell, we got transferred around quite a few times. And then when uh, Sharon and I were in like junior high school, um, um, Shell Oil Company transferred my dad back to Oklahoma City. But my parents have always been about education. And uh, he, my father didn't want to move to the big city. So, uh, so we moved to Norman. And uh, so I graduated from Norman High School and then walked across the street and went to the University of Oklahoma. That's a family a great, tradition, huh? Yeah, yep. pretty much. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's a great story. I haven't heard that, so that's, uh, <laughs> that's a fun one. I've, I kind of started off always wanting to be in the industry. My dad was an HR director type for oil companies. He'd been in numerous companies, and one of his last positions was we moved to Oklahoma City. Uh, from for a company called Apco, it doesn't exist anymore. But uh, he, he, I just wanted to be in the industry, and sure. he really encouraged me. I, I didn't think I had the desire to to be an engineer, uh, and certainly not the math skills to, to be an engineer. Yeah. So yeah. I thought about geology. <laughs> that's common with lawyers too. No, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I have a lot in common with lawyers. <laughs> I don't know what that if that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, so, really, I was introduced to the land side right off the bat, and that's what I wanted to do. And so I, I came in pretty much knowing what I wanted. And I, I got out of school December of 82. Uh, the industry had collapsed at that point. It was a boom early 82. And then it just over the summer collapsed. I think it went to $12 a barrel. And then we were in a 10-year you know, depression in the energy business uh, in the 80s. And I was fortunate. I got one of the six jobs out of 66 graduates in December of 82 and started working for Champlin Petroleum Company. Oklahoma company yep. and did that for about three years and finally got laid off. I, I, we went through probably five layoffs and then I ended up getting in the gas business. My wife got me into the gas business. She said, you know, this is like land, but on the, on the natural gas side, right? Cause there's this thing called open access happening and it's like being a land man. You're a deal guy. And so I got into that side and never looked back and had lots of different jobs, but this program which was PLM at the time. Petroleum Land Management. Yes, thank you. Uh, just taught me so much about being a commercial guy and how to talk to people. And, and so that's really one of the reasons why I ended up coming back. And we've been friends for a long time, Steve and I. And, and so that was how I began. And so I was only a landman for about three years. And the people that know me are like, you're no landman. <laughs> you know, I know landman, you're no landman. But uh, been around it for a long time. I have a funny story because uh, this is the yin and yang of Steve and Mike. Uh, as opposed to all the lawyers in the room, I was, I was good at math. And I, I started at the University of Oklahoma as a math major. Oh, my goodness. And, okay. Uh, so I was a math major. Breaking ma news here. Yeah, well, I, I was a math major until Calculus 3. And when I was in Calculus 3, all of my classmates were uh, engineers. 
And again, I was a, a goober at that point in time at the age of 19. I thought the engineer was the, the dude that drives the choo-choo train. And uh, so I, I went to my academic advisor and said, listen, uh, the mathematics department is in the School of Arts and Sciences. And I said, I need to get over in the business school. And, uh, and I, I went over and... Uh, so I actually graduated from the business college with a degree in economic statistics. That's uh, math. Yeah. <laughs> my, my father was a landman, and once when I was in high school, my father said, would you like to see what your dad does for a living? And he took me to Anadarko, and we pulled books in the courthouse. And I said, this is the worst job in the entire world. And I am never, ever going to be a landman, which I never have been. And uh, my father's in heaven laughing, going, okay, you are the director of the OPLM program. Didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, and, and that's exactly right. So. so kind of speaking of that, when my dad went to OU, it was the PLM program as well, and then it uh, you know, evolved into the energy management program. Um, what are the main changes or, or differences between the PLM program then and now that you guys have observed? Okay, I'll take that a little bit. I was around during that. Uh, I was at Enron at the time, and we were interested in potentially having OU be one of the schools. And Enron was an intellectual snob. You know, primarily Harvard and Stanford and Chicago. And, and one of the things we talked about was that this energy management or PLM program at the time was really cool. And you had people that, that wanted to be in energy. Yep. And Enron was an energy company. And when you get nothing but MBAs from Harvard, they're just there to make money, yep. get promoted and leave. And so we actually had a couple people come up and start recruiting at Oklahoma. But part of that was... It, the major needed to change. And so uh, we looked at it from a board level and we added a lot of finance courses more than anything else. That was kind of the beginning of a change. And, and a lot of said, energy management students are encouraged to add finance as a major now as well. Absolutely, because right? they I get did. a lot of finance credit along the way. So it's easy to have that as a major yeah. or at least a you know, minor. Like six extra hours. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really good. And so that was the beginning and we changed the name to energy management to be a little bit more commercial and not so narrow and and I think that was successful and you know this industry is so dynamic that I think we always have to be willing to change and to look at change and embrace it and so I it'll be it'll be interesting to see but you lived through that on, on this through the shale gale as you call it right well I have a, I have a little bit different take because again you were on the board and you live when and we were both at Enron at that point in time but what I teach in class, which I hope Mike will, you know, this is what I say in class, is uh, FERC order 636 changed everything yeah. when natural gas was deregulated at the wellhead. And all of a sudden we had a commodity that had been regulated by the federal government. And then Enron started and Reliant and Duke and Dynagy and Williams. And it was, uh, everyone was trying to figure out how do the smartest guys in the room do this stuff and we were taking a commodity and we were going from the physical market to the financial market and uh, and and we talk about that a lot in class is with this degree now the way it's sculptured is they're going to get background in the the physical side of the market the financial side of the market 
and appealing to everybody at this table is the legal side of the market because you also have to take uh, four or five classes, legal studies classes. And, uh, and again, I, like Mike was talking about with the shale gale, um, you know, this is a very capital intensive industry. And now with all this new horizontal drilling technology, we're not drilling $1 million vertical wells, we're drilling a series of $10 million horizontal wells. And that's a big boys game. And you have to know how the financial markets work in order to do that. Yeah, let me follow up on that for both of you. Uh, just walking around Nate, talking to some people, they, some of the people here have been coming for quite a few years and they're really concerned about all the money that's flowing in and how they're really uh, just making the deals, the prices so expensive for leases, et cetera, that doesn't make any economic sense. Do you have any concerns about the amount of Wall Street money coming in and, and the deals, and, and how does it impact OU and the, and the price school? Well, that's a very interesting observation, and, and you're right. The, the, one of the biggest issues in the petroleum field or the energy industry is, is, is that exactly. Uh, in the old days, money flowed in because you can make a lot of money in, in oil and gas, but it's tougher now. The private equity model, which really drove a lot of the economics and prices, uh, is, is changing and has probably changed forever. The thought of investing a bunch of money, going out and buying leases and flipping it and making five times your money in three years pretty much is gone. And so it's also disruptive because the private equity model is so broken that that's a lot of money that's on the sidelines that wants to come back in and, and can't figure out how because they can't figure out their exit strategy. And so it does affect it. And people are having to drill wells, not just flip. And in Oklahoma, you know, that's a big part of it is, it is the royalty side or the build and flip side. And so I, I think it's, you're having to be more disciplined. You have to be a good operator and it really affects the money coming into the market. So when I came to NAEP with the undergraduate program with you, Steve, uh, one of my favorite memories was getting to do the scavenger hunt uh, around the floor of NAEP. And so I guess my question is for both of you, what does NAEP mean to the energy industry? And, and more specifically, what does it mean to OU? Uh, well, I would say two things, Brandon. Number one is when you bring 25 young undergraduate students you, know, th you can talk about what NAEP is like, but it's just like when we go on a uh, rig trip. Yep. You can show a video of what drilling a well is like. You can show a video of what NAEP is like. But once you step on this floor and you see 15,000 people and you see, I mean, the, the students have no, I mean, okay, they've heard of Shell and Exxon and BP and Chesapeake and ConocoPhillips, but when you see the number of companies that are here, I just think it's eye-opening for the students to get exposed to how big our industry is. And the other thing, I, you know, just on the, the OU side, um, we are going through the great cruise shift change right now, and people your age are, you know, the baby boomers of, of Mike McCall and I, we're, we're all going to the farm now, and we're handing off to the millennials. Yep. And uh, invariably, what, what one of the best results for me is when we leave NAEP, we have a number of companies that will come by the OU booth and they'll see all this young OU talent. So we have prospects galore, and we're promoting our prospects. And we'll go back starting on Monday 
because we have all these companies that say, we need help. We need young people. We need people that get technology. We need people that understand the computer. And so that's, like I say, I, I now Mike, we're living the great cruise shift change every day. And I think NAEP is a really, it's a perfect clearinghouse for our students. Because we'll find jobs and internships as a result of this. And is the program trying to work some of those, you know, technical aspects of the business into the curriculum now? Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, like, like Mike talked about earlier with respect to how we morphed from PLM to energy management. Hey, we talk about this a lot with our board of advisors. We have to keep on cutting edge because technology is changing the world. And uh, in order to keep our program relevant and on cutting edge, we have to embrace technology and we have to address these issues that are on the forefront because, uh, you know, we want to be the number one energy university yep. in the world. And I think the students, I mean, it's very seamless. We get this feedback all the time that when the students go to work from day one, they're performing. Mike, do you have any comments uh, regarding NAEP and OU? Well, I, I, one of the cool things about NAEP is you, you look around at all these companies and there are trillions of dollars with a T of market cap in this room. And it's overwhelming, especially yep. to a young person. And when you, if you work it and you're looking for deals, they're out there. And you know, we've always met people or looked at properties, things of that nature that you're going, oh, I'm, I'm interested in that. I didn't realize they were doing that. And so I, I think it's great for these young people. It's so Exceptions funny. Exceptions aren't bad for them either, I bet. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, everything that, that Steve said is just so true about the changes that are happening. And, and I, I look at the program, and I'm just really blessed to be able to come in with, after Steve's leadership. I mean, he, he, he talks about the, the shale gale. It changed everything. And he's led this program through all of that. But I think there's another change on the horizon as well, and we've got to make sure that we're relevant. Yep. Uh, I think what I'm hoping to do for the program is bring in an executive point of view, because we all talk about this and, and we're going to continue this. We're building energy leaders, not landmen. And I think they need to understand that. They need to understand That's right. that I've been very fortunate in my life with my career, and I've done so many different things. I mean, I can go through a list when... Uh, I had the uh, the reception last night. I had about five minutes prepared to talk about, some of which was my background because a lot of people don't know me. And Steve goes, no, you got 20 seconds and you'll start losing people. So I kept, I, it was a minute and 15 seconds. I had my son time it. But uh, it's, it's just It was a minute too long. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. It was as fast as I could go. But. But I think as we, as we look at this, what is appealing to midstream companies about our graduates? Downstream, banks, upstream trading jobs. There's a lot of, of jobs that this major, I've done so many different things and this major prepared me for that. I wanna make sure we keep doing that. I'm impressed with how multifaceted is. I just uh, talked to a couple of recent Price graduates and they're working at uh, an oil gas software company. Yep. And that's, that's impressive. Yep. They're doing software sales for them. And until recently, I had no idea that there was that intersection with oil and gas and software. So that's cool that uh, they're getting in on that. Yep. And that's an expanding area. And they tell me that 
you know, every NAEP, there's more and more kind of ancillary oh. software companies Service coming companies. in here. It's yeah. amazing to look at this yeah. and what's at their fingertips. In the old days, being a lame man was hard. Mm -hmm. And it was really funny. I, I thought back, my first job was with Champlin Petroleum Company. I didn't have a computer. Yeah. And I, I had to make maps by studying reports and like keeping track of the wells on my own. And I remember coloring in yellow. You always use yellow yeah. for your leases. And I'm just thinking, I colored. I did it. Landman, we had, <laughs> we had to learn how to color. Yeah. And so I got, I got an A in that course on coloring. <laughs> but that was, it was just so dramatically different. And the technology yeah. has changed it. And, and again, I think probably reduces the typical number of landmen needed because software is taking a lot of that, that skill. And they have to be more prepared, but there's not as many of them are needed. Hey, we've had students, uh, again, because of technology and because of the financial markets, uh, with this program, because it is more, I mean, yes, it is with an energy focus, but it is, it is kind of like you say, commercial, deal-making. We're hoping, aspiring them over their career to get them in the C-suites and running these things. But, uh, you know, OU Texas weekend, I had lunch with a friend of mine from Goldman Sachs. Mm -hmm. And he said it's amazing how many millionaires below the age of 30 that Goldman Sachs, I mean, they've funded yep. some of our students because they understand the physical, the financial, and the legal. We have a student right now in Dallas that works for Tesla. Oh, wow. And uh, she's, you know, in charge of putting the supercharged stations across the state of Texas. And she'll say without this program, I mean, it, this program has just saved her bacon yep. working for Elon. There you go. <laughs> Can you ever get prepared to work for Elon? <laughs> <laughs> An interesting man. He sells flamethrowers now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, everyone was really sorry to hear that you were retiring, but I'm very interested in what your plans for the future are. Uh, what are you getting ready to go do now? I can tell you where I'm going to be from May the 14th to September the 1st, and that is, I really wanted to be here for the, the senior graduating class, so convocation. I like the tradition, I like the cap and gown, I like the ceremonial, and convocation is on May the 12th, and on May the 14th I'm on a plane flying to Venice. So, nice. uh, so I, nice. I'm going to Europe for a month, this is, uh, I'll be in Croatia, I'll be in Italy, I'll be in Belgium. But this is the 75th anniversary of the landing of D-Day, okay. and I've never been to Normandy, and I've just heard how inspirational it is. So I'm going to uh, Europe for a month, and then I come back to the United States for a month, and then I've really been blessed because I wanted an adventure. I think you, you always got to keep learning, yep. and uh, I applied for this program in the theology department at the University of Oxford. So oh, wow. August the 1st, I'm moving back to England to uh, take this theology program. And then I'll be back in Norman on September the 1st for the um, quest for the threesome of back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back Heismans. Oh, there we go. Very, Very good. good. Very good. <laughs> so, Mike, um, we now have a full-fledged energy executive, a former energy executive as president of the university. We want to know, is that a boon to the energy program at OU as a whole, and how do you plan to um, advance the program from here? Okay, absolutely it is. Uh, I think uh, having Jim in there is a huge uh, 
a huge plus from his experience level. And, you know, we're an energy college. We can talk a lot about great things that we do, and we have a lot of great things. But we're an energy college, and when you've had the first petroleum geology school, the first petroleum engineering school, the first petroleum land management school, it's something to be really proud of, and it's something that I think everybody wants to keep emphasizing, and certainly Jim does. He's got a, a program and a, and a building named after him, so yep. it's important to him. And it's uh, this this was such an interesting process for me. Uh, I've been so blessed in my life. I can't even describe some things that I've done, especially as an Enron executive, uh, at, at having responsibility that was set, that was insane for my age. Uh, and so it was difficult to step away from the business side. But now I'm just purely excited about this. And it's so funny when you, you need to have time to step back and, re- and think about your life. My wife was completely convinced from day one this is what I was going to do. And she had to let me play it out. She yeah. knew. Oh, she absolutely knew. And we I think, know. well, I think, <laughs> I think Mr. Long and she conspired uh, on this deal. I, I offer no comment there. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but you know what I've, what I, you kind of fail to realize the events when you're doing them in your life, and then all of a sudden you realize I've lectured in this class for almost 20 straight years. I've been on the board of the business school since 1999, and I've been chairman for three years of that and on Steve's board and you realize this is where my heart is and of course I'm a diehard Sooner fan Boomer. and I've sent two kids here I had two kids in the business school my son got out a couple of years ago in, in energy management and my daughter who is an athlete here uh, was uh, international business and finance and so I guess even I, my money goes here. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really exciting to be part of this and, and share those experiences. And I've seen a lot. You know, it also makes you feel very old because I've seen a lot. So but I, Mike, I'll say the same thing. I went through that when uh, President Boren called me about this opportunity. Um, I lived in Houston. I love the energy business. Um, and, and this was a, a big leap of faith honestly to move back to Norman Oklahoma it really to, was. to to you know teach I mean I've never taught in a classroom I mean I made presentations to a board but this is different teaching and uh, I, I have a funny story at one it, it did take me a while and uh, and I asked for three private meetings with President Warren and on the third one you know President Warren said Steve either take the job or don't. He said, I'm spending more time with you than I did with Bob Stoops. And uh, in my mind, I wanted to say, well, President Bourne, if you would pay me what you're paying Bob, I'm in. I did yeah. not. Discretion is a better part of you valor. Held you held yeah, I held that back, but boy, you're I sure so did want to say that. Yeah, I know. So, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'm glad I did because I know it is a leap of faith to take something like this. And again, when, when I started in the fall of 2006, uh, people can uh, look back at some of Mike McCall and Steve Long's lectures because our lectures said to the students, we are running out of natural gas and we are drilling as much as possible just to keep even and you guys graduating from this program are going to be in commercial negotiations for LNG and Mike we were wrong yeah we were wrong I mean there were a couple things we got right the shortage caused about a 10-year price increase 
in yeah. gas. So you had a long time for it to, to go up because we were short. Yeah. My goodness, technology has changed everything. But again, I think that's what makes this business so much fun because who saw that coming? Oh, no one. I mean, and you Absolutely just, no you got to ride the wave. Yeah, I mean, yep. it goes up and it goes down and yeah, okay, crude goes to $150 a barrel. Well, gee, everybody jumps on the bandwagon. But, uh, you know, then the industry, we come up with some new technology that nobody saw and, uh, and all of a sudden, now we're in an oversupply situation. I mean, if anybody had ever said, we're going to be exporting yeah, crude oil, come on. And, uh, and yet here we are. So, uh, but that's the kind of stuff I just, this industry is so dynamic. It's just fun. So you guys have any predictions for the future? Are you uh, optimistic or pessimistic? Well, I, unfortunately, I dropped my crystal ball and it broke. Oh, okay. So I, I, oh. it's, it's interesting how wrong you can be, even though you're in the industry and, and you're really in the zone. It's, it's impossible to predict. But the thing, it's, I'm such an optimist as a person that it's really hard to be optimistic at the moment because if you look out at the forward price curve, out five years, and that's so. It's what's the health of, of the commodity price that you're drilling into? Sure. Uh, five years from now, the price of crude is fifty three dollars a barrel, and the price of natural gas is two dollars and sixty five cents. That is a tough thing with the costs of drilling, you know, long horizontal wells in shale to make work. And so I, I think what you're going to have to be is very lean, very efficient and a low-cost operator. And that's hard for a lot of people. So the, on the good side, we always figure it out. So I, I, even though that looks tough, uh, we always figure it out. So guess what? The industry will survive and, and thrive at one point. And as we said earlier, it is impossible to believe where we are on how much crude we're producing in this country. And that the Permian Basin would be the third largest country in OPEC. That is mind-boggling. Really? Yeah. I predict that uh, Jalen Hurts will be invited <laughs> to New York City for the Heisman Trophy it's presentation. Old prediction. Yeah, no, it's specific. Yeah, very good. This is not fun. You get to do the fun stuff. <laughs> Actually, the biggest concern that and my I, crystal ball is clear, just because yours is cloudy. I'm pretty clear on my predictions. The, one of the biggest issues I had to deal with in the last day and a half here with Steve and all the students is we're at the we're at the booth and you know you get you get around these students and you just yeah. get excited and 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 then all of a sudden I look over and there's Mr. Long with the biggest grin on his face and I'm like Steve you're way too happy what in the world have you done to me what am I walking into that you haven't shared and he goes well you know at first, you were a customer. Yeah. Yep. You know, now you're in. So you can't back out. I gave you business cards. Yeah. So, so. Well, you know, I, I will say, sorry, Brendan, no, but I will say it's another thing really about NAPE. When you talk about being at the NAPE booth and uh, the energy level of the 25 students that we have here, we talk a lot about this on campus, that when you come to this, I mean, the, the OU Energy Management Program has been in existence, you know, for 61 years now. And, uh, and I tell the students that, listen, you're going to see the Sooner Nation in force, and you're going to see... Uh, 
alums come by the booth and they're going to high five, they're going to hug, they're going to fist pump, they're going to exchange business cards, and you're going to see that. And it's the same thing, like I said earlier. I can say that in class, but then when you're on the floor and you see the alumni base come alive in front of you, um, it, it's just it's great for me. I think it's great for the alums, and it's fantastic for the students as far as a learning experience. Let, let me jump in there too, and just uh, having taught for 25 years down in Dallas at SMU, I will. And this is uh, Professor Long's sort of last uh, hurrah here. Your reputation is just incredible in the industry with people who have graduated. I was told when I come to OU, you know, don't go see the president. Go to a city. Go see Professor Long is the first guy you need to go see. And sure enough, I did. And Professor Long and I went to a one-hour lunch. It ended up being three and a half hours. (laughs) We had a great time. And actually, I can understand why he has such a reputation at the University of Oklahoma and in the the industry. Well, thank you. I mean, we had lunch for three and a half hours because I like to talk. (laughs) (laughs) I will say it's very intimidating because I get that from everybody. It's like, congratulations on your new position, but man, how are you going to do this? (laughs) And my favorite was last night. I'm at an IPAA board dinner and we're going around and I announced what I was doing. It was new and everybody was very excited. And then Bruce Vincent, who is just a giant in the industry, goes, I've known Steve Long for a long time. Good luck filling those shoes. <laughs> and I, and that's, I've gotten that a lot. So I'm excited about it, but it's very intimidating. I'm not worried at all. Mike's going to take it to the next level, no doubt. And as you guys were saying last night, it sounded like Mike was the first and only choice for this position. And I think OU is very lucky to have you. I know you will be very lucky, or unlucky and, and, and sad to lose you, Steve. But we're happy that you'll be around in the future. And really, that was all I had. Do you guys have any more questions? Well, thanks for that. No, thank, yeah, thank you guys. Thank you really very much. Thank you. thank you guys so much. Very yeah, interesting. Very. I, I guess I need to listen to a lot more podcasts now. That's right. <laughs> and we need to say a special thank you to Bert Ferreira at Legacy Reserves. He actually contributed uh, to... OU Law so that we could bring all 11 of our students down here uh, on a plane, got our hotel rooms. Uh, So huge thank you to Bert. We appreciate everything you do. Um, Other than that, we wish you both the best. Thanks. And we'll wrap things up. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Oklahoma Energy Podcast. Please leave us a review on your podcast host of choice and reach out. We'd love to hear from you. We would like to thank the University of Oklahoma College of Law, the Oil and Gas, Natural Resources and Energy Center, and the Center for Technology and Innovation and Practice. Find out more at oklahomaenergypodcast.com.